You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Blusine. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. When we first went in, one of the people said, Who are you? And Tex said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Dr. Jack Kevorkian, who has acknowledged helping more than 130 patients kill themselves, Tonight reveals that two months ago, he killed one of his patients himself and recorded it on videotape. And he acknowledges that this killing could get him sentenced to prison for the rest of his life. Hello, Squirtin' family. Hey. Are you Squirtin' like me? (laughs) Hi, everybody. Hey, Hey. Squirts. Hi, Squirts. Hey, little Squirts. Hi, little Squirters. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's it's a Squirt hour. Sorry, Uncle Doug. Oh, I'm sorry. Uncle Doug, we love you. Don't listen to our Squirt antics. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's um, it's been a little while because Jen was in Spain. Hello, well, Spain. Uh, hola, España. Hola. But honestly, who cares about my trip to Spain? I Let's care. Let's take a moment to acknowledge that Mark Bluestein and Mark Toriello are now engaged oh, to be married. Yes, we are. We're we're engaged now. So yeah. I'm pregnant. We're gay <laughs> for each other. Yeah. yeah. So News I think flash. that's really exciting. Oh. I mean, we could talk about my Spain trip all day but I'm, this is more important I'm uh, really excited yeah. listen we're all excited for each other so that that's what true. matters most you know um, I proposed to Mark inside of a Richard Serra sculpture he did it was lovely it was a really fun and unexpected experience very avant-garde yes. their rings are really beautiful thank you yeah. and maybe if you're lucky on the gram you'll be able to see them there you go if you're following zen wilson on instagram you might see some photos but you'd have to approve you first so yeah mark just did good. my hair today oh my god she we She's said beautiful beautiful even more beautiful if it's even possible <laughs> i mean it's really hard but we keep doing it we keep doing it i feel like every single time we do my hair we're like this, this is, is it. it. This is it. This is the color. This, this is, is your my color. color. This is your and color, like, Jen. Wow. And then wow. every single time you color my hair, or like, no, this is the yeah, color. This is now. This is really the color. But this is really it now. I'm really enjoying being a blonde. I mean, listen. I didn't think I would. I was a little hesitant. Yeah, because you know we've always done Jen's hair in like rose gold or like a different fun color or a blue. We did blue. We've done yeah. balayage. Yeah, We've all done of highlights. It. All of it. But we were like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. We're like, let's get into this blonde fantasy. And um, I feel like Kim Kardashian. Yeah, she's Kennifer Kardashian. Kennifer Kardashian. Kennifer Kardashian. And this is where we're at now. Um, also, Sharon Tate. So both. A hybrid. And, and Sandra Day. And Sandra D. I agree. I was having a sing-along to Greece while Mark oh, was doing my, my hair. Oh, my God. We were also doing variations of Whistle While You Squirt. <laughs> I um, used to have such a thing for oh, John Travolta. Uh, he oh still my does. God. But Scientology. he's a Scientologist. I know. Oh. I mean... Listen. I used to have a thing for Kanicki. Kanicki. I just can't with that name. I know. Kanicki. Who, who, what writer named him Kanicki? But like, you think back to that movie, right? They were like 20 years older than a high school student. Oh, I know. What was the one not... Was it Rizzo? She was like 90. <laughs> Rizzo. And she's still walking. And she's, she's still out there. I can't remember the actor's name, but um, she's a good time. She was in First Wives Club. She so. was. Uh, it'll she, come to me. Well, and she committed suicide, which is a good topic for this episode. Oh. oh. <laughs> Jen has no clue what's going on. Mark knows a little bit, but do we, like... Do we have a question? We do. This is kind of a weird, appropriate timing for this. Now... Okay. I'm ready. Uh, Okay, so with everything going on in the world, now this was not planned initially, but with Texas, and we have listeners in Texas who are good people. You better be good people. Uh, Yeah, you, listen, you better be. We have Because you have a female right here. That's right. Who mm -hmm. has reproductive organs. That's right. 
That's and right. And it's my body. That's and right. Her my body, her fucking, fucking choice. choice, everybody, motherfuckers. Yeah. And I want to abort my own sperm. Yeah. Yes, abort yeah. the sperm. Abort all sperms. <laughs> Hashtag bitches. But if you didn't guess, we're very liberal here. It all kind of ties in, and I feel like it's just a great moment for this topic unintentionally. I want you both to tell me, what is your perspective on the subject of assisted suicide? And if you don't know exactly what it is, we can get more into it. But give me your ideas of what you think assisted suicide means. Does that mean somebody helped you to kill yourself? Yes, it like, does. Would it be one of those, you hear these stories of couples who they encourage you to kill yourself? I, Is in, that kind of what you're talking about? In a I remember sense. there was, I forget her name, but she, there was a whole thing on HBO. There was like a, it was like three episodes. Mm -hmm. And the it, text message killer the girl. Text, mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. where she essentially pretty much told her boyfriend to go kill himself and that he would feel better about himself. Yes. Right. In an abstract way, kind of, but not entirely. But that's okay, because we're going to get into it and we're all going to learn stuff today. Mm. I learned stuff as of two hours ago today. Oh, so fresh. While you were doing my hair? While I was doing your hair, fresh. even. I was thinking about it. You want yeah, my take I, on the assisted suicide? Tell me. Here's my take. I don't really promote suicide at all i always say you know exhaust your options first i think assisted suicide is something that's probably more in the medical realm it is where if you have like an illness okay or i know where like we're that, going with this <laughs> it all clicks right so i mean i'm i'm for it i'm yeah. for the assisted suicide and also i you know again with regular suicide that's non-assisted i think everyone has a right to take their own lives but i don't promote that being like your first option yes you know if it's the type of thing where there are treatments available right i think everyone should most definitely you know we're not out here trying to promote a bad thing for people right. to do and it's a, and that's the thing why i chose this topic is because it's very controversial for many reasons there are so many avenues to explore with it and also i mean the subject of mental illness and other aspects unrelated all kind of tie into this particular subject i'm i'm really curious to see where this is going i kind of have a feeling i know where this is going but right. well let's see buckle up baby because this is the story of Dr. Jack Kevorkian and the argument for assisted suicide. Oh, Jack Kevorkian. Our god, oh. Jack. I love him. He's iconic. He iconic. is iconic. And yay, it's something I know about. Yes. <laughs> now, I mean, for a lot of us, you know, growing up in the 90s, or for those of you who maybe didn't, Jack Kevorkian was kind of a punchline. He was like an he SNL. He still is. Yeah, he mm -hmm. still is. Absolutely. But I think many people don't know a great deal beyond just that like on SNL like oh your grandma's sick better call Dr. Kevorkian you know and that's like the extent of what people understand about mm -hmm. him now some of you may be asking yourselves who the hell is Jack Kevorkian and what exactly is assisted suicide. Dr. Jack Kevorkian was a medical pathologist who helped dozens of terminally ill individuals end their lives, becoming the key figure in a fucking wild national drama surrounding assisted suicide. So Kevorkian advocated for patients taking their own lives if they ever reached that point. He argued their decision went beyond any law a government put in place that it wasn't legal or illegal, but a personal right. Let's define what assisted suicide means. Okay, kids, reading rainbow time. Take a look. <laughs> it's in a book. Assisted suicide. So by definition, assisted suicide is the suicide of a patient suffering from an incurable disease affected by... The taking of lethal drugs provided by a doctor 
for this purpose. So I'm going to quote Dr. Kevorkian for a minute. Kevorkian said, it's really the way executions are carried out by lethal injection, except this is self-execution. So he's speaking of, you know, people who have been sentenced to death in prison and making that kind of correlation. So from this point, do you all want some interesting facts about Dr. Kevorkian? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Wait, you know what's interesting is that you picked Dr. Kevorkian as Mm. a topic for today. And then Mark also did a topic um, many episodes ago on Phil Spector. Yes. And both of those people were played by Al Pacino. Everybody loves Al Pacino. And actually... (laughs) My episode no. may or may not deal with Al Pacino. Oh God! No! <laughs> Somebody get us Al Pacino. Oh agent. my God! Leonardo DiCaprio, Al Pacino. God damn it! <laughs> we are we stand Al Pacino. Yeah. Okay, wait. Well, before yeah. we get into this, yeah. can I tell you a really funny story about Al Pacino? To, I would fucking so, love to hear it. I love Al Pacino. He's one of my favorite actors. And I also love David Mamet, the playwright. Yeah. And a handful of years ago, David Mamet brought this brand new play to Broadway called China Doll. And I wanted to see it so bad because it was Mamet and Pacino. And I was like, yes. Doesn't get any better. So I put in for this, like, I don't even know how the fuck I won it. Okay. But I had to like just share like four or five times on Twitter like the advertisement for China's All the Play. Okay. And I won a two night stay at some hotel on the Upper East Side, a fucking dinner at some Italian restaurant on Restaurant Row. I forget where now. We had a front row center seats to like the opening night of the premiere. And tickets to the after party. Okay. I didn't. Why do I not know this story? Why is everybody learning with me? Okay. Okay. I won these tickets. I went with my mom. We spent two nights in the city. It was an okay play. Pacino didn't know his lines. He had a fucking earpiece in. He had like iPads all over the stage. And like he was reading his lines from there. So here's the kicker. My ex-boyfriend also got me tickets for the same fucking play. Oh, you were meant to see that play. So I had to sit through it a second time. So at the after party, my mom had a full-blown conversation with David Mamet. And didn't even realize it was him. No. And I looked at her and was like, you, you realize that was David Mamet, right? And she was like, oh, thank God I didn't say anything about the play. <laughs> I would have genuinely have been concerned so about then, the same thing. The reason, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I had to sit through this fucking shit show a second time. Oh, God. Now, my ex totally ruined it because we he went out with like his cousin the night before and he got like plastered and he was so hungover he couldn't get out of bed (sighs) so my now roommate andrew yes met me in the city that day and went with me to see the show (laughs) and through the whole act one we just kept hearing this like buzzing sound right like this buzzing sound and these old ladies that were sitting next to us we just hear them go it's De Niro's earpiece. De Niro's. We're like wrong actor. She's like, it's one of the good fellas. It's, <laughs> it's one of the Godfathers. <laughs> one of the Italians. One of those Italian men. So that's my Al Pacino story. I'm sorry. I love that so much. I and love De Niro's, the iPads and, De Niro's, and De Niro Pacino. De Niro's earpiece. <laughs> so, some interesting facts about our friend. Dr. Kevorkian. Before Dr. Kevorkian would become the notoriously known Dr. Death, Kevorkian was looking for work as a licensed physician, like your regular old, regular doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And with little to no avail, he would subsequently become homeless, living in his car at times and getting by off of his social security benefits all while writing papers and proposals on the benefits of assisted suicide. So, you know, he was committed to the mission. Damn. Another weird fact. So three years out of medical school, Kevorkian grew more and more obsessed with the dead and the dying. 
the Detroit area hospital where he worked started calling him Dr. Death, which is where he got the name Dr. Death that would be associated with him for For life. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for life, essentially. Exactly. It wasn't enough that he routinely examined the bodies of patients after they had expired, but Kevorkian also advocated for what he called terminal human experimentation. This later became known as assisted suicide. Just to give you a rundown, he had very kind of, you know, unorthodox or abstract thoughts, I guess, for the time. He believed that people who were essentially sentenced to death in prison could offer, as opposed to just being sentenced to death, could essentially allow themselves to be used for experimentation. So kind of like where you can sign yourself up as an organ donor on your license. Yeah, kind of like that and kind of like, you know, volunteer like, oh, well, I'm going to die anyway. So they want to kind of see if this treatment will work for curing this kind of cancer. Mm -hmm. So that's a very problematic theme or thing. But I mean, you know, that's... He is a controversial figure, but obviously. I don't mind that idea no, either. I, like, I don't, not like they, it's death not like, row. Yeah. And it's not like they wouldn't be given the choice. He was saying that if people right. opted in yeah. to this. As Dr. Kevorkian studied medicine, he became fascinated with the eyes of the dying, so people who were in the process of dying, in hopes of determining the exact moment they passed. Kevorkian reportedly photographed the eyes of his patients. Mm. So with this knowledge, he believed that he could possibly garner information about the diseases that took their lives. Another fact about our friend Kevorkian. So Jack Kevorkian believed doctors could reuse the blood of the dead and transfuse it into living patients. Another abstract idea. Now That's really... Yeah. out there yeah <laughs> very recycle yeah recyclable he was very green green yeah. friendly can you do that because well, if you can put someone's organs well, if they're an organ donor well, right here's a very maybe their blood yeah and guess what after hearing about a similarly controversial russian experiment kevorkian realized if the dead were no longer using their blood then perhaps it could be pumped into those who needed it. He pictured the procedure's use on a battlefield where wounded soldiers could not immediately get to a blood bank. Although Kevorkian successfully simulated his experiment, so Mm -hmm. he did perform this procedure of transferring blood from a dead individual into a living one, and he pitched it to the Pentagon, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. Now, of course, it might not be a surprise. He failed to earn a federal grant, forcing him to eventually abandon the project of transferring stiff blood into the Nuvu. So, yeah, he did. (laughs) Mark gave me this look. I had never, because I've never heard of this before. No, I haven't either. I haven't heard about this particular work that he's done. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of information about our old Kevorky Porky. So just based off of this alone, I think it's clear to everyone that Kevorkian is most definitely an out-of-the-box thinker, to say the least. So more interesting facts before we get a little deeper in is that Uh, Aside from all of his Frankenstein experiments and his advocacy, he was also a jazz musician and composer. The Kevorkian Suite, A Very Still Life, was a 1997 limited release CD of 5,000 copies. It features Kevorkian on the flute. And you don't own it on vinyl? Well, you're about to get another treat soon. Oh. Yeah, I don't. But, well, it was only released on CD, but, you know, I digress. He was also an oil painter. His work tended toward the grotesque and surreal. Hi. Yeah. Hi. I love a good grotesque painting. That's right. We love it. And he had created pieces of symbolic art, such as one of a child eating the flesh off of a decomposing corpse. Wonderful. I know. Beautiful. Of his known works, six were made available 
in the 1990s for print release. Now, the Ariana Gallery in Royal Oak, Michigan is the exclusive distributor of Kevorkian's artwork. A fun element worth mentioning here is that Mark and I recently acquired an art piece by the Dr. Kevorkian. Of course you did. Uh, naturally. <laughs> Hello. Am I, am I, why am I not surprised? I know. <laughs> if anyone would have it, it would be us. So. I mean, you have fucking framed <laughs> letters Eileen, from uh, Eileen, Eileen Wernos. We have the Sharon and Tate fireplace stone. Mind you, if you all decide to reach into your pockets and your souls and join Patreon, you'll find more of this content. The piece that we have is actually called Nearer My God to Thee. It came from the daughter of the woman who owned the Ariana Gallery. Okay. We would like to mention that on Patreon in the near future, Mark, Jen, and myself will show you this artwork. Unfortunately, it's yeah. going to be Patreon-only content. Yeah, we, we so, got bills to pay. Yeah, we got, yeah. we got bills to pay. Yeah, so if you want to see Jen look hot with her new hair. Hot. 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 This Bumble ain't Boy, Oprah. Yeah. This is Bizarre Buffet. Right. Listen, Bumble Boys, Bumble. if you're really into this, you need to subscribe. Subscribe. And and go on Patreon. Go on Patreon. Thank you. Thank you very much. This has been our public service announcement. Yes. The last part with Kevorkian. So, of course, we know that he did assisted suicides. He kept a very lengthy paper trail from his patients who he had assisted in their suicides, but he also did video documentation. There was video documentation and interviews of him with the said patient in question. So primarily for legal purposes, I would imagine Kevorkian went through great lengths to ensure that his patients were in fact terminally ill. Right. He didn't accept every person or case that came to him. For assistance, despite your personal beliefs or perspectives on Kevorkian or anything in relation to the matter, for the sake of transparency, I think it's important to note that there had been reports of incidents with cases of his where the people who were terminally ill or supposed to be, not all of them were. That's like a topic that we're going to let people dive deeper into on mm -hmm. their own. Yeah. But part of what's interesting about this is the many working components, and one of them being that while the mission was to help people who were truly terminally ill, there were some cases that maybe were questionable, but not necessarily because of him, mm -hmm. you know. Right. Now, I just want to remind everybody listening, it's important to remember the aspect of video documentation because it's going to play a role later in this story. Now, the issue surrounding Dr. Kevorkian and this topic is what should doctors do when suffering patients want to die? Right. Well, Dr. Kevorkian believed that it was the patient's right to make that choice. And we say, fuck yeah. Bacchianos. Hmm. Kevorkian designed what was dubbed the suicide machine. Now, knowing suicide should be done in a quick and painless manner, Dr. Kevorkian devised two machines that could easily be prepared and hooked up to the patient. One was called the Mercitron. The Mercitron? <laughs> yeah, the that Mercitron. That sounds like a ride at a, car a carnival. Yeah. Well, he was trying to make it whimsical. Mercitron. Mercitron. And I'm thinking of a Gravitron. Gra that would oh, be... yeah. Well, there you go. I like the connection. That could be a fun way to kill yourself, too. Um, <laughs> the Mercitron. The Mercitron. And I know there's a Latin explanation of that, okay. which Jen actually speaks good. Uh, you did a very good Latin rendition earlier that I was very entertained by. <laughs> you really seem like you want me to do it. You <laughs> should do it. Uh, padre fio spiritu santi. Oh my god. And what was the other felt one? felt like I was in church. Father, son, house, house of, of Gucci. Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to a theater near you soon. Aside from the Mercedron machine, which is just... The Gucci-tron. The Gucci-tron. <laughs> you walk in and you walk out with Gucci. 
Hey, that's my type of machine. Gootatron. Oh, yeah. Listen, it's a quick way to do it. Aside from the Gootatron Mercitron machine, <laughs> the the other was called um, the Thanatron, which is a lot like Thoughtatron, you know, like a thought machine. Wait, what was it called? The Thanatron. Oh, Thana? I thought you said like Fana, like Fanny. Oh, well, that's, Fan. my, that's my South Jersey coming out. Thanatron. Yeah. Thoughtatron. Thoughtatron. <laughs> become that's, that hope. Man. Over there. <laughs> that hoe over there, machine trauma. Wait, what did you think thought meant? Okay, so. Oh, God. When thought oh became God. a thing, like where it became like a word for about maybe like a year or two, I thought thought meant that you thought <laughs> that thought. someone was so hot oh that you God. bit your tongue to where, tell them that they were hot. <laughs> And instead of hot, it was thought because you bit your tongue. Like, you'd be like, oh, my God, you know, she's so thought. And it's like you get so excited, you bite your tongue. And then I found out maybe in like 2019. It stood for that hoe over there. That hoe over there. So, with both machines designed to relieve the pain and suffering of the terminally ill, the Thanatron was devised to inject a series of chemicals into the patient's bodies. The process consisted of three steps. Are you ready for the steps? Go yes. through it. Yes. yes. So, <laughs> one was a saline injection. Hot. 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 <laughs> Followed by a painkiller, thiopental. Hot. <laughs> and finally, ooh, the venal injection of potassium chloride. Hot. <laughs> very similar to things that people are injecting into themselves these days. Because they don't want to take the fucking vaccine. Absolutely. We're talking to you. You know who you are. Kendall I, Jenner, Kardashian. Yeah, absolutely. All you fucking QAnon assholes. Yep. QAnon assholes, unsubscribe now. We don't need you. Please, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. The invention led to the construction of Kvorkian's Mercitron, which took the injections out of the equation. Now, you might ask yourself, what the fuck is a Mercitron, right? So, it was essentially... A gas mask. Um, it hooked to a tank full of carbon monoxide, oh grim, which the patient inhaled until they expired in medical terms, I suppose. Are you ready for more? Yes. Are you also fucking excited? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear more about the maskatron. Mask. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about this maskatron. Us at Dr. Kavorkian's office. Yeah. Tell us about the maskatron. Can I try it on? Yeah. Oh, yeah exactly. Yeah. Be the three of us. Yeah. Can we try on the mask? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, that's, that's not what it's called. Uh, get out. Now, by all accounts, it seems as though the thought process behind the design of these devices was more or less, I don't want to be charged with murder by assisting people who wish to die. And what I mean by that is that the machine itself was designed for the patient themselves to initiate the process of ending their own lives. So... As the machine was equipped with a button that would require said individual to press that button on their own, or to put it more charmingly, pass themselves away. Oh my god. So it's almost as if, you know, in giving them a loaded gun to yeah. shoot themselves with only in a and more humane way. And they had to press the button themselves. They yeah. did. Okay. They did. So, so when they would press the buttons, it would release like the different... I don't know, like uh, the, gases or yeah, chemicals or ex whatever. Exactly. So the com and how is this all legal? Well, I, we're going to get into all of that, but assisted suicide, there were many loopholes in the mm -hmm. legal system at the time. So by Jack Vorkian, who was a licensed physician at the time, with his setup, it kind of ensured that like there were enough loopholes in the legal system to where it wasn't necessarily legal, but it wasn't necessarily right. illegal either. Okay. Let's move on from this euthanasia machine, right? And we're going to get into Kevorkian's first patient. Well, Kevorkian's first patient was Janet Atkins. And Janet was a 54-year-old English teacher from Portland who was suffering from Alzheimer's disease. Now, Kevorkian had been trying 
trying to figure out where he could perform his assisted suicides, and reluctantly, in this case, used his very own bus, as all other options seem to have been exhausted. So, Kevorkian used to use his Volkswagen bus as a place to perform these procedures if all other options were exhausted or not available. Now, Dr. Kevorkian and his team had to get creative in terms of their locations where the assisted suicides would take place. The locations ranged from motels to homes to his car. As quoted by a dear friend of Janet Atkins, who we just spoke of, Carol Remke, from an article published by OregonLive.com said, My friend Janet was 54 when she said to me, My body is a body of a 20-year-old and my mind is gone. That was it for her. The Alzheimer's was moving in on her, she said. Now, Carol Remke also stated that Kevorkian was considered a hero by a lot of people. It's important to keep in mind there is lots of documentation from families of those Dr. Kevorkian assisted who view him quite favorably and are seemingly advocates for assisted suicide. Despite what is one person who's trying to provide a service to the sick and dying who wish to end their personal suffering, which Dr. Kevorkian believed should in fact be our fucking right, and that'll most likely always be a topic or issue of controversy and legal battles. We are still in this shitstorm yeah, you know i think a debate it, yeah. yeah i think in new jersey even it came up recently you know, for voting and i'm pretty sure nothing happened with it well i think the medical industry would probably be against assisted suicide just because you can't really make as much money off of a dead person than yeah. you can as a right no yeah, sick patient it's very true i mean at this point it wouldn't take long for dr kevorkian to receive his very first charge of first-degree murder. And I'm sure that everyone is shocked to hear that. However, Kevorkian's lawyer, a man by the name of Jeff Feiger, presented this argument. Michigan has laws against murder. It's illegal to kill yourself, but there's nothing against assisted suicide. Hmm. In turn... The charge of first-degree murder against Kevorkian was dropped. So Jeff was like, hey, girl, you're out free, baby. Have fun in the sun. Now, Kevorkian was tried four times in total over his career, I suppose you could say, for assisting suicides between May of 1994 and June of 1997. Now, Dr. Kevorkian was acquitted three times and his fourth court trial ended in a mistrial so he was basically like i'm gonna soak up the sun you know shania twain oh, oh. i was like what are you yeah. singing Lost. I no even, he I wasn't you, yeah i know you mean uh, i'm hip i'm gonna soak up the sun that's right <laughs> it's not and also Everyone. it's not shania twain it's Charles Crow. Isn't oh. yeah. Oh, the acoustic guitar. I don't know if you have this in your notes or not, but there was a certain criteria that you needed yes. to fulfill in order for him to use his services to assist in the suicide. That is true. That is mentioned later in this, but okay. from what we know, public knowledge is that he did his very best to kind of do his due diligence to make sure that every individual that he did help in you know, assisting their suicide was in fact terminally ill. Now, like we said earlier, there were certain cases that like, you know, yeah. there's bound to be some casualties as kind of mm-hmm. fucked up as that might sound. Well, I think at the end of the day, he wasn't doing anything wrong. I don't I think don't he think was, so either. there was no malevolence or evil to no. it. It was coming right. from an ethical point of view and just yeah. something that was, that's so fresh and different and maybe not so commercial. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And you know, you, know, you got to break ground as they say, crack a few eggs. Mind you, during all this, it did not deter our friend, Mr. Kevorkian, from continuing his mission of physician-assisted suicide. Nothing's going to keep her down. So this guy decided to turn up the volume a bit. He 
ripped the knob off. You know, he cranked that suicide machine the fuck up and he was like, we're going to go in and really fucking show everybody now. Right. So picture it. It's November 22nd, 1998. Dr. Kevorkian allows the CBS News program 60 Minutes to air a video he had made almost two months prior on September 17th. 1998. So the video itself depicts Dr. Kevorkian doing a pretty fucking wild thing. He was euthanizing someone. Now, you might be thinking, well, what the hell is the difference between the assisted suicide that he was doing before and what he's doing now? euthanizing someone. The difference between Kevorkian's regular method of assisted suicide contained its shares of loopholes. So while it wasn't exactly legal, it wasn't exactly illegal either. Got it. Uh, remember the Mercitron and the Thanatron machines, the Gravitron, Thotatron machines. Um, <laughs> Guchitron. Guchitron. That required the patient to physically start the machine themselves, Correct. right? So a very important item to take note of that while those machines were made by Kevorkian and provided for the process of assisted suicide, it was still the ultimate choice of the patients mm -hmm. to carry the process through. In regards to the 60 Minutes episode that we're talking about, Kevorkian had to be the one to carry out the euthanization process due to the patient's illness not allowing him very much mobility function or anything to initiate the process on mm -hmm. his own should we talk about the video yeah. yeah tell us about the video all right thomas uke was a 52 year old man who was in the final stages of lou gehrig's disease thomas gave what is called informed consent Informed consent is essentially a process for getting permission before conducting a healthcare intervention on an individual. Mm -hmm. The video depicts Dr. Kevorkian and his patient, Thomas, essentially discussing what is to transpire, ensuring that Thomas is full awareness and is full in on agreement, thus permitting Kevorkian to commence the euthanization process. So. The video shows the process and ultimately ends with Kevorkian confirming Thomas's death on film. Now, you can find this on YouTube. Here's a clip from the video. I'm sure you thought about this very well now. You don't want to wait another month or so? You want to wait a week? How about two weeks? Two weeks? One week? Can you wait one week? Yeah. All right, at least we'll stretch it out one week. Okay. Vorkian then proceeded to essentially taunt the legal system by being like, hey man, I dare you to try and convict me and stop me from my mercy killings. I'm out here on a mission. Don't fuck with my flow, my suicide machine flow, bitch. And that was basically what he was doing. He was like, 60 minutes, we're doing this. I'm taking a fucking stance. I'm a fucking crusader. But right. he made the video first and then he went public with it. Yes, yeah, exactly. So it wasn't like 60 Minutes was like, oh, let's yeah. watch you do this. He exactly. he went to them and yeah. was like, look, I have a okay. story for you. Yeah. And he was like, this is the first of its kind on film. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. I'm taking a stance. While Kevorky, he was busy doing hot girl shit. Love some hot girl Love shit. Love some hot girl shit summer. Look at my hair. Yeah. She's Jen Wilson. Hot girl shit everything. Everything about this particular incident was entirely fucking risky, if you couldn't tell. As was everything he did, but with this one particularly, Kevorkian had gotten by in the past with simply, um, you know, assisting suicides. But now he's making an even larger statement by performing an actual euthanization. And the small out of detail of giving the video to 60 Minutes, which is a very small program that nobody knows about, right? So Thomas Duke's family described the lethal injection provided by Kevorkian as humane mm -hmm. and not murder. Okay. We're going to get on now. We're getting into the trial regarding this case. On March 26, 1999, a jury began deliberations in the first degree murder trial of Dr. Jack Kevorkian. After two days of deliberations, the jury found Kevorkian guilty of second-degree homicide in this particular case. So 
he had four cases in the past that he got away with. And Mm -hmm. now, you know, this is, this is getting him. Judge Jessica Cooper sentenced Kevorkian to serve 10 to 25 years in prison. I'm not going to bore you with the whole statement that she gave. However, in her statement, she did say the following notable piece. The law prohibiting euthanasia was specifically reviewed and clarified by the Michigan Supreme Court several years ago in a decision involving your very own cases, sir. So the charge here should not come as a surprise to you. This is where he went wrong because... It is. He was getting fucking cocky. He got cocky and, you know, he was doing these euthanasias where his patient or client would be the ones to pull the plug on themselves ultimately. But That's this, how he got away with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And in this one case, his client was unable to move or have right, the mobility yeah. to do that. So then he did it yeah. and he also recorded it. And, yeah. But uh, yeah. Continue. So, you know what I mean? No, but I just feel like I res- I am for him 100%. Me too. I am on Team Kevorkian. Team Kevorkian. T-shirts coming soon yeah. from Bizarre Buffet. But it's like <laughs> when you do stuff like that, you know, where you're like, oh, I know that this is going to put me in court and everything. It's That's where he, he fucked up. And yeah. I think that's where he starts to lose his credibility in the public eye. Yes. because And also, you know, I know he, what, he, he didn't have a lawyer for this trial. He was yeah. his own lawyer and he is not a lawyer. Yeah. Not so. well versed in that. And he had a great defender who had gotten him out of many, many yeah. things in the past. He definitely got a little out of his element, but I appreciate the fact that he was trying to draw more of a discussion to this because there were cases like Thomas Uke who you can find the 60 Minutes episode. You can find, I'm sure, a multitude of videos of Kevorkian, maybe even some of his interviews right. with people who he did assist. Mm-hmm. You know, and in the case of Thomas, it was very, very sad. If my memory serves me correctly, Dr. Kevorkian received a call from, I think, his wife mm-hmm. who called in the middle of the night and they're like, You got to get here. Like, he's fucking, he can't breathe. He is mm-hmm. like in distress. Like, well, please. He kept choking frequently yes. on his own saliva. Yeah. And it was a reoccurring problem. Yeah. It was very dangerous and yeah. upsetting. Yeah. Very sad. He ultimately went there and, you know, he was very well versed in many things. I mean, he asked the family to leave the home. Okay. Because he didn't want them possibly implicated in any crime associated with what he was choosing to do. Because they could be like a witness yeah, to murder. Right. Yeah, or an accessory yeah. or any of the above. So he really was a caring, yes, quote, quote, <laughs> quote baby, quote, baby. Yeah, there's a lot of sad and silly and yeah. interesting elements. The final outcome, I suppose we'll get to, right? Kevorkian would be paroled for good behavior on June 1st, 2007. He served eight years. And two and a half months in prison. Ah. Ah. Got a lot of dates, probably. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) Now, this is kind of funny, but not. But the conditions of his parole were that he would not help anyone else die (laughs) or provide care for anyone older than 62 or disabled. So they were like, dude. We're tired of you. Like, please just calm down. It is noted that Kevorkian assisted in at least 133 assisted suicides. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That is. That's a lot. So, life after prison for our friend Jack Kevorkian. Now, Kevorkian gave a number of lectures upon his release. He lectured at universities such as the University of Florida, Nova Southeastern University, University of California, so on and so forth. His lectures were not limited to the topic of euthanasia. On March 12, 2008, Kevorkian announced plans to run for the United States Congress to represent Michigan's... <laughs> I love that we just look at they each other. Like, oh. It's like, yeah. So Kevorkian announced plans to run for the United States Congress to represent Michigan's 9th Congressional District as an independent. She was an independent woman anyway. Ultimately, Kevorkian lost but received 8,987 votes, which is 2.6% of the vote. So oh. he was like Third. That's so crappy. I know. Yeah. yeah. 
That's not something to brag about. Yeah, really. The film we were speaking about earlier with our good friend Al Pacino. Not Robert De Niro. Not Robert De Niro. <laughs> you Don't Know Jack, a film based on Kevorkian's life. Premiered April 24, 2010 on HBO. The film premiered April 14th at the Ziegfeld Theater in New York. Kevorkian actually walked the red carpet alongside our friend De Niro Pacino, <laughs> who portrayed him in the film. Pacino received an Emmy and a Golden Globe for his portrayal and personally thanked our good friend Kevorkian, who was in the audience. Upon re- receiving both of these awards, Kevorkian stated that the film brings tears to his eyes and I lived through it, which Aww. is very sweet. So, Kevorkian passed away on June 3rd, 2011, at the age of 83. And, listen, I know what you're probably thinking. And no, he died in a very conventional way. No suicide machine in sight. No Gucci-tron. No, no Gucci-tron. No. I think it was in the shop. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm waiting on my handbag. <laughs> How did he die? I believe it was liver cancer Mm. and developed into hepatitis C. Mm. Eventually, I think it was like his ultimate cause of death was like thrombosis. Oh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there was a lot going on. There's a lot going on, girl. Yeah. Like 83 nowadays is not that old i know i mean i know not clamoring to be 83 anytime Uh, soon but right you got like betty white who's like 100 no she's still gainfully employed Uh, yeah but i mean i feel like for a guy like this i mean to live to 83 and he served i mean he was old as fuck when he went to prison and he lived and got out of prison and went to a film premiere with our friend de niro pacino And his earpiece. And his busted earpiece. You know, despite all of the controversy surrounding Dr. Kevorkian and the right to die movement, there will always be people who sit on both sides of the fence. For as many accolades that he has, there will always be a billion more negative associated with him. And, you know, the topic in general, really, right? Well, uh, Jeffrey Feiger, Kevorkian's lawyer during the 1990s, gave a speech at a press conference in which he stated... Dr. Jack Kevorkian didn't seek out history, but he made history. Kevorkian revolutionized the concept of suicide by working to help people end their own suffering. Because he believed physicians are responsible for alleviating the suffering of patients, even if that meant allowing patients to die. And on the epitaph of Kevorkian's tombstone, it reads... He sacrificed himself for everyone's rights. And that is the story of Jack of Organ. Interesting. What I like about him is that he's not like an evil person. And I think the media and pop culture like to kind of paint him out to be this person that was like, yeah, pro-suicide. That wasn't the case. It was just more humane and ethical. Mm -hmm. It's like we can, you can put pets down. Yeah, you can exactly. You can put your pet down. Yeah. So it's like, why can't you put, you know, great aunt Tilda, Tildy, Tildy Swinney. Oh, you know, I used to hate her until I saw Vesperia. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that right oh. now. <laughs> it changed everything. Well, no, because I've had to like, I started the film like at least five times and have had to start it from the beginning because I still cannot get over the fact that she plays the male psychiatrist. If she does. Yeah, it I does didn't know that. It does not look it's like her at all. I've never been a fan of Tilda Swinton until that performance. Aunt Tildy. Aunt Tildy. Yeah, in the Wizard of Tildy. The male, the male psychiatrist in Suspiria. Yeah, but I mean, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of this whole topic and Jack of Orkan? Be real. I I have mixed feelings about it. That's okay. I have mixed, you know, going back and forth. Like, is it humane or not? Mm-hmm. to do this to a human yeah but at the same time i know like this individual is choosing to partake in this and to do this yeah it's not like their families are saying oh put them down yeah. like they're coming Ugh. to kevorkian and saying like i want to i want you to you know help release any pain that i'm feeling yeah. and suffering yeah but at the same time i feel like 
it's just hard. A part of me, it's like it's 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 really hard for me to grasp my head around. Yeah, of course, and I think that is entirely reasonable. I yeah. think you know it, we can talk about this topic all day long, but you'll we could never... probably do a whole podcast. Oh my god, <laughs> any fucking day of the week we could. Yeah, like we could do our own, like we could do our own side project on this if yeah. we wanted to. No, it's it's very true, you know, and I mean. There are so many people affected by this kind of thing, and the Al Pacino movie. Even though, I mean, listen, I've I, actually never seen it, so that's on it, my listen, that's on my homework list. You don't know Jack to watch. It's worth watching. I will say that Al Pacino is um, <laughs> um, the real Jack of Orkian was much more articulate, and Al Pacino just kind of seemed like uh, I don't know. You should watch. He it. had marbles in his mouth while yeah. he spoke oh. or something. Yeah. Of course. That's, that's, that's good old Al. Oh, Al. Uncle Al and Aunt Tildy. Uncle Al and Aunt Tildy. Mark has things he wants to say. Tell me. I think that people should definitely have that option or that choice. Right. So they don't have to die necessarily in a lot of pain. They could die with some dignity. And, you know, so again, like I'm not pro suicide, but yeah, I'm pro options. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm pro-choice. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. In all you senses. Know. So, I don't know. This kind of fell into an appropriate place for, yeah. for the times that we're in right now. So Fuck you, Texas. Fuck you, yeah. fucking Texas motherfuckers. Wire hangers you. we're going yeah. to send we're you. We're mailing you. Yeah. You're an embarrassment. Yeah. And embarrassment. I'm going to put glitter in the box, too. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, people don't like getting boxes with glitter and confetti. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. That's right. They don't. It's very messy and convenient. And we're going to try to do a prayer over Kevorky and to get him to come in and for all hangers. you. This is going to you, Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott, motherfucker. Fuck you. Great. Fucking fuck. Anyway, um, I guess at this point in time, we should say that um, if you do want to see the Dr. Jack of Orkian art narrated by Jen Wilson, who's going to explain it to you and the meaning, and Mark is going to model it like a Price is Right girl. And for those of us, uh, for those of you in our audience who don't know what Price is Right is, I'm sorry. So um, You're too young. You're too I'm a young. Barker beauty. He's a Barker beauty. And I'm Bob Barker. And that's right. Well... God, it's so early. I know, and it I'm is. Bob, well, you can save it. It's coming soon. No, I'm not going to be Bob Barker. Yeah, Don't I, worry. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, please do us a fucking solid and follow us on... Especially you Bumble Boys. I'm looking at you. We're looking at you. We all are. All you Bumble Boys. Bumble Boys. Subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribe, please, on your preferred platform, but as a preference, Apple. And, you know, if and you leave can... leave us a comment, too. Yeah, leave Thank us a you. comment, rate and review, because, you know, this is purely... This is um, truly Kevorkian work that we're doing. This He did not charge, and we are not either. No. So you have Mm-mm. the choice to be generous. and um, He did his stuff for free? Yeah. Oh, wow. He didn't charge. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Take it into consideration, selfish humans of and the world. make sure you give us a follow on yeah. Instagram, which Instagram. is at Bizarre Buffet, mm-hmm. and the same That's on right. Facebook. Absolutely. And um, patreon.com slash Bizarre Buffet. And um, I suppose with that being said, my name is the Mercitron Thoughtatron Machine. I'm Robert De Niro's earpiece. <laughs> And I'm the star of the show, Dr. Kevorkian. Oh, Dr. K. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.